It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. They say if you love somebody, you show up for them. If you care about somebody, you show out for them. But if you respect somebody, you celebrate them. So today, you're our man. Thank you. I celebrate the life that Chargers fans lived. If you're watching this show right now, thank you. But also, if you're watching this show right now and you're a Chargers fan, I'm sorry. I wish we were gathered under better circumstances. But per usual, the Chargers have snatched death out of the jaws of life. Chargers fans, you'll be missed. I applaud you for the season you lived. It was a tumultuous season, excuse me, filled with ups and downs. And just as the sun began to shine on your season, a great cloud appeared. And in just 30 minutes, it all ended. All remember the good times. The clown emojis. I'll remember the year in idiot remarks. Most of all, I'll remember the signs. But now, the only sign that remains is you all signing off. No signs of life. Y'all get the point. Until we meet again, Chargers fans. Until we meet again. Anyway, welcome to Speak, y'all. Let's have some fun. <laughs> That's Dave. That's Dave Helmet. The one and only Joy oh. Taylor. It's my dog, Eagles all-time <laughs> Russian leader. 2-5-2 two two live. It is a great football Monday. Well, for some of us. It's a great for, for some of us. For some oh. of us. Not all of us, Not but all of us. we got to start. I don't even know where y'all want to start. We're going to start in Baltimore because there was drama in Baltimore. Now, they took the... Bengals toe to toe and that is without Lamar Jackson Joe Burrow he did do his thing but that pivotal play you're watching right there Tyler Huntley backup quarterback on a QB sneak he fumbles beast number 94 Sam Hubbard takes it all the way back that is a 14 point swing Bengals inevitably win the game by seven points it was a stunner if you were not watching we will fill you in on every single detail that you may have missed again we're about to have some fun on today's show so rock with us stay for a long time my thought after watching that game was actually this one Ravens defense shout out to y'all Ravens defense kudos to you Kyle Hamilton first round pick you are a dude an absolute stud an absolute baller Roquan Smith I see why they paid you the bag but here was my pervasive thought if I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan I'm leaving encouraged even if we cannot figure out how to retain Lamar Jackson whether we tag him and trade him, whether we tag him and inevitably lose him, I am leaving this game encouraged because the Baltimore Ravens have remembered who in the world they are what did Mufasa say to Simba? Simba, remember who you are. Remember. <laughs> the Ravens 
have remembered who the heck they are. They're a defense-first football team. Kyle Hamilton, he was the best player for the Ravens on the football field, him and J.K. Dobbins. Roquan Smith was out there doing his thing. Marlon Humphrey and that defense held Joe Burrow and that offense to the second-fewest yards they've had all season. 18 games and the second-fewest yards they've had all season, 234 yards. That is who the Baltimore Ravens are. They tried to be an offensive juggernaut type of team, but they don't know how to do that. Hayden Hurst, first-round pick they drafted years ago. They had to get rid of him, traded. Rashad Bateman, he's been injured, hasn't done what we thought he would do. Offensively, uh, Hollywood Brown, he's gone somewhere else. The Ravens don't even necessarily know how to pick him. We're being really real. They lucked into Lamar Jackson. He wasn't even their first first round pick. But what do the Ravens know how to do? They sure as heck know how to pick defensive players. They know when to trade for Roquan Smith. I left that game thinking to myself, this is the Ravens' way. I get it. Y'all didn't beat the Bengals. But who's to say y'all would have beat the Bengals with Lamar Jackson? If I recall correctly, the last playoff game that Lamar Jackson played in, and Lamar Jackson is a dude, let's recognize that. But in the playoffs at times, he falls short. Last game Lamar Jackson played in in the playoffs. Y'all do remember he threw a pick six against the Buffalo Bills at the eight-yard line going the other way. This play right here was the last time we saw Lamar Jackson. It was a 17-3 loss in the playoffs. So I can't be mad at Tyler Huntley for making a mistake that was less egregious than the mistake Lamar Jackson made. If this is the end of the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, I am actually more encouraged seeing just how good Mm. that Ravens defense played, and I'm actually more encouraged that the Ravens have remembered who in the world they are. LaShawn McCoy, my guy, what did the Ravens' loss tell you about their superstar quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who didn't even fly on the plane to go to the game? It's sad, Asho. I I was riding with you with the whole Chargers thing, funeral talk. And then you talk about Lamar Jackson, like, as in, if he's not there, you're happy? What? I just I was happy. I'm still grieving. It's not you, you cool with it. I, I, and, yeah. I, and I don't like that. Okay. If Lamar Jackson plays last night, they win that game. The Bengals were so happy he didn't play. You could just tell. If you look at all the articles or, or, or all the, the, the players, what they talked to the reporters, what they said, mm-hmm. they all said, hey, if Lamar Jackson played this game, we win easily. That long, uh, when, when uh, Huntley... Yep. The scramble he had, the, the, uh, the rollout he ran through. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson scored on that play. Another, another thing Lamar Jackson does very, very well. When he's running the ball, he finds a way to get in the end zone. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been trying to put the ball over the top. He'd have found a way to get low like Tom Brady does. He'd find the bubble with the defensive lineman, and he'll get in there. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson's there. They throw the ball a lot better, more efficient. Yep. If you really watch that game, if, if the Bengals could just stop the, the run once or twice, they couldn't do it. They ran the ball the whole game. Then you had Lamar, the way he throws the ball, I think they beat him at least seven, ten points. Ooh. So for you, for you to even be in the game with your backup, right, that just lets you know how good Lamar Jackson is. If Lamar Jackson's there, they win this game. They didn't have no number one receivers out there. Sammy Watkins, just, you know, and that's my boy, but mm-hmm. just signing back there, you know, um, not really familiar this year with that team. Then they get him, they pick him up, and they still go out there and ball. And, and Cincy, that was scary, though. Without that turnover right there, they, I mean – I don't know. Lamar Jackson pushed that game away for sure, for sure. Dave, do you agree? It's wild to me. And credit, credit to the Baltimore Ravens for really putting together a great plan against a divisional rival. Third game that they've played. I thought they called this thing to perfection in terms of shortening the game. I mean, there were, there were like eight, seven, eight possessions apiece in this game. Like, yeah. they tried to make it a short game that would favor a less talented team. They did everything right. They forced a takeaway. They've limited big plays from the Bengals. They made life hell on Joe Burrow to make big plays all night. Perfect execution right up until it wasn't. And that's the thing. When you don't have a great quarterback, if you are not perfect, you lose. 
Mm-hmm. And that is what happened. Like, the Bengals played as well as you could expect a team down to this situation, not having Lamar Jackson, not having all of this talent on offense. They played as well as you could expect them to, and they lost. They scored 17 points, which, by the way, is um, that is their high for the six weeks that Lamar Jackson hasn't been here. 17 points is as most as they've scored in a game since he got hurt. And to my point, they've won a couple of those games. Like, when you've got other talent, when you've got a good defense, you can do that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But in the playoffs, against teams like this, against teams like what's waiting for you if you win in the mm. wild card round, keep in mind, this was the first of potentially four games that the Ravens would have to win to win a Super Bowl. It doesn't get easier. You should, I mean, the, the Bills are waiting for you. The Chiefs are waiting for you. An AFC championship game. And then the Super Bowl. All of that is out in front of you. You have to play perfectly four times to win this way. And they couldn't even do it once. So, yeah, I mean, credit to the Ravens for putting their best foot forward in a situation where nobody expected them to win. But if anything, this reinforces why you need a franchise quarterback. Because you need an easy button. You need a guy that can make things work for you when it's not perfect. And they didn't have that. Yeah, I must have been watching a different game. Did the Ravens win? They did not. They They did not win. They scored 17 points? They did. Mm-hmm. They did do that, though. There wasn't a moment in this game I knew the Bengals were, weren't going to win this game. Lamar Jackson's not out there. You can say what you want about it. It was a great effort. They can feel you know, proud about the effort that they gave. Nice moral game. victory. Nice. There's sure. no asterisk next to the win-loss. Like They played really hard. It was a really good game plan. San Francisco is winning with a third-string rookie quarterback. Not winning, I'm sorry. Dominating. They're not a good enough team, top to bottom. You can say all you want about the defense and winning with defense, and that's their identity. Identity to do what? Lose in the first round of the playoffs? Congrats. That's what your identity is? Because if, if you don't have Lamar Jackson, that's what you are. You, you, you have a great defense, and you're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs and score 17 points. So I hope that's not what you are. I hope that's not what the Baltimore identity is. You have to have a franchise quarterback to win in this league, or you have to have a generational roster like they have with the 49ers. By the way... Those are the options. By the way, it's not written yet. Like, they won their first game and looked dominant. We're not at the end of the season. Nope. So we don't even know, actually, if that works. Now, it's looking like it is, Mm -hmm. but we don't have the answers to that story yet either. You have to have a franchise quarterback. You have to have Lamar Jackson. And while we're evaluating what actually happened yesterday, you've got to have some offensive weapons. They have a great defense. Baltimore always has a good defense. Pretty much every team in the AFC North has a solid to good defense. You have to to play in that division. But that doesn't win playoff games. That doesn't win multiple playoff games. And you're seeing that. And that's what we watched yesterday. I was never in doubt that Cincinnati was going to win this game. To me. Here's what's fascinating to me. And again, we were all watching the same game. I can conclude that. But what I can also conclude is, let me state facts, right? People get weird when you start talking about Lamar Jackson. Y'all do understand that Lamar Jackson in his four playoff games is one in three. Just to put in context of what Tyler Huntley has done compared to the average. Lamar Jackson in his four playoff games has scored 17 points. This might shock you all. 12 points, 20 points, and three points. On average, 13 points a game. Y'all do understand that in Lamar Jackson's four playoff games, his completion percentage is 55%, 55.88 to be specific. We do understand that Lamar Jackson in his four playoff games has never had 280 total yards and two touchdowns like Tyler Huntley had. Has never had a, 90, has a plus 90 pass rating, and Tyler Huntley's was 92. This is not to undermine who Lamar Jackson is during the regular season, but this is to state if I am the Ravens and I have watched Lamar Jackson in the playoffs for four years, and I watched Tyler Huntley's performance yesterday. It's not like I'm like, 
man, if we would have Lamar, what Lamar were y'all trying to tell me? Shady, I'm not making any of this up. You saw him play the Buffalo Bills. And, Those and are your boys. I, and I can give you a million reasons why you should. I mean, like the same quarterback you're talking about when mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson got hurt, they finished last in the offense. Absolutely. But what, talk to me about <laughs> talk to me about playoff Lamar because fifty five point eight. So, so this is what I would do, right? If, if I'm the Ravens, you already know what the defense is. They, they've been that type of team since day one. Mm-hmm. I, I would add pieces. Get get this guy some help because it's only so long you can keep carrying a team, right? <laughs> Any sport, it's only so long. One player, an MVP type of caliber guy, which he was that, all pro pro bowler. This is what he is. A top quarterback in the league, elite, this is what he is. So help this guy out. Bring some talent around this guy. All the other top quarterbacks you're going to talk about that have so much success in the playoffs, they have help. Don't they? They do, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's go to AFC right now, right? Because like, I'm not even trying to, like, go to bat for Lamar. I'm just keeping it real because he needs help. And he gets bashed for these type of things, the playoffs. Let's talk about it. So you got the Bills in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Does he have help? Stephon Diggs. He has help. He has, like, elite help. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, God dang. Does he have help? Yeah, that was Kelsey. Let's go to Joe Burrow. Which Joe Burrow only put All the help. Talk about, but Joe Burrow only put up how many points last night? Take away. Oh, 17. He put 70 points. Okay, 70 points, right? The playoffs are hard. Does he have help? He has so much help. All the help. So my thing is, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson, but it's time to help this guy out. But here's my thought process as we move back to the left side of the table, getting everybody involved in this, is the Ravens, do one thing well historically. Identify defensive talent and play really good defense. Even, and I won't call anybody out by name because I know a lot of them, friendly with a lot of them, even when the Ravens won their Super Bowl, their offensive draft picks were like hit and miss. They didn't just crush their offensive picks, yeah. but defensively, they've always crushed it. So my thought process is, and Joy and Dave, y'all spoke about this eloquently last week when speaking that you could build on Daniel Jones, just make the Giants roster around him better. I would do the same thing. Now, I think you need to be better than Lamar Jack, better than Tyler Huntley at quarterback if you want to win. But I don't think you need to be as good as Lamar Jackson. I would put all my focus onto the defense because that's what I do well. That's what they did well. And if you can only lose by seven, and this was the difference in winning and losing, I'm feeling okay as a Ravens fan, even if I don't have Lamar. How can you feel okay about that? You lost in the first round of the playoffs. I don't care what you do great. That's not enough. They won that Super Bowl how many years ago? It's a different world. It's changed now. You think you're going to go into Kansas City, which is where Baltimore would have went if they won this game? Yep. You think you're going to do that against Kansas City? Kansas City's going to hang 50 on you. Patrick ain't going to play the fourth quarter. And I don't even like saying that in the playoffs because a lot of these games that we thought were going to be blowouts were closer, and some of them were because they were divisional matchups. You can't feel good about what you saw yesterday if you're Baltimore. Tyler Huntley did a nice job. But that's the difference between being a nice player and an elite player. But Lamar, that. Lamar hasn't done any better in the playoffs. So how, how can we assume that Lamar would yes, have played he has. better? He's won a game and Tyler Huntley hasn't. Correct. But in- not, so, so by that standard alone, forget what Lamar Jackson did during the regular season to put them in the position sure. to be in the playoffs. So let's not, not disregard that. Not at all. That's right. why they were in the playoffs sure. in the first place. Tyler Huntley didn't get them to the playoffs. Right? Well, he had to win those two games because otherwise he okay, wouldn't have been last year. He did not put year. them in the position to get into the playoffs. Lamar they Jackson's were hanging on play, by yeah. Lamar Jackson's they, they were limping. put yeah. them in the position to go <laughs> to the playoffs in the first place. I can recognize that Lamar Jackson hasn't been great in the playoffs. He's been bad. But there's He's been no. Bad. Okay, but 
you're not, you can't leave that game with Tyler Huntley's performance and say this is what we are and we're in a good space. You're not in a good space. You lost. You scored 17 points, and Tyler Huntley did not win the game. You do need elite players to win in this league, and forget what you're going to do in a, uh, the, the wild card round of the playoffs against a divisional matchup. Like, you're, those games were close. The Dolphins-Bills game, this game, they play each other all the time. I just, the reason I don't agree is because for every Dolphins-Bills game, for every Bengals-Ravens uh, Ravens game, there's a Niners-Seahawks game. That was the third time yeah, they the played Niners as well. the Niners roster is not the Ravens roster. So that's what I'm saying is I would rather, the reason I feel confident, just like I feel confident if I am a Dolphins fan, et cetera, is because if I'm looking at the way in which we played, the Ravens almost won the game. And the last time Lamar played, they did not win. Lamar does have a playoff win. Cannot take that so away. So they, they lost in both situations. Yes. One situation, though, might cost you $200 million guaranteed. You're not in the situation to lose this game without Lamar Jackson's performance during the regular season. And who say you're going to get there? That, that's with, what I'm saying. With, like, you're, not, you're not in the playoffs yeah, to lose a little bit, which is still a loss, without Lamar Jackson's regular season performance. You also have to have a – you also have to get to the playoffs, which you're not doing without Lamar Jackson. In a league that's designed to keep you from having everything, what would you rather count on? Having a great quarterback, paying him, building around him, and knowing that he's going to give you a chance in every game that you play, or hoping that you hit every single other personnel decision that you make? Because that's what the Niners did. That's what you have to do. The Niners have bungled quarterback as badly as anybody can, but they've drafted a. I mean, you you got to hit your big picks. Like you've got to hit your Debo's. You've got to yep. find steals on yep. day three. You've mm-hmm. got to find George Kittle in the fifth round. Yeah, right, right, you've right. You've got to make crazy trades for guys like McCaffrey. You've got to convince veterans like Trent Williams to come in, and all of that has to pan out. Christian McCaffrey can't get hurt. Trent Williams can't get hurt. Draft picks got to like everything has to go perfectly if you don't have the quarterback. If you have the quarterback, he buys you leeway for things to be a little bit messier. But it's it's, it's pick your own poison. Neither one of them is a yeah. guarantee of success. Correct. Correct. And I guess given the fact that neither is a guarantee of success, when I look at what the Ravens have done defensively, even identifying talent and how well they played defensively, I'm not saying that they are better off without Lamar. What I'm saying is I would now be content if they did have to tag and trade I mean, and bring in a hall I mean, of you did, you did lose. You, like, you're talking like you kind of – you lost the game. There's no moral victories. And I'm trying to think even now, right, the last three champions, uh, Super Bowl winners, you got the Rams, solid quarterback, mm-hmm. franchise quarterback, the, the, obviously the, the Bucks, mm-hmm. franchise quarterback, the Chiefs. Here's what I would ask right. you. We, I mean, haven't, here's we what haven't seen very many here, non-franchise here's what I, quarterbacks. Them days over with but, them old, them here, old uh, Ravens defense. Some days over with Joe Flacco, the quarterback. Here's what I would say, though, Shady. Okay. Don't just look at the quarterback. Look at how did the quarterback play in the game. I cha- challenge y'all. Go look at how the Bucks played defensively okay. when they held uh, Patrick Mahomes to nine. It's nice to you have must... a good defense, and I think it's important in big games to have a, a good defense to make big plays. But you're not getting to that game with defense. You can't count on your defense to score you multiple touchdowns every single game. The offense has to be able to keep up with that defense. Yeah. And you're talking about one game. Like, it's a build-up. Getting there, correct. Come on, it's a correct. build-up. Getting yeah. there is – either way, Ravens, y'all got to figure it out. Coming up, the Giants have it figured out, at least at quarterback and head coach. Did I just say quarterback? Huge win over the Vikings, and we got to tell y'all how impressive that was next on Speed. How did the day ball? Hell of a coach. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Giants did something they have not done in 11 years, and it was fantastic to watch. They won a playoff game. Quarterback Daniel Jones, remember, they did not pick up his fifth-year option as a former first-round pick, but his playoff debut was phenomenal. Nearly 380 total yards, two touchdown passes. Saquon Barkley added two touchdowns of his own. And he said, quote of Jones, I know we have an elite quarterback, close quote. Well, Saquon, it seems like you knew something that we all finally have come to the realization of. Daniel Jones is officially teetering with that threatening concept of being elite. When I was scheming up things uh, defensively and trying to help the starters, D'Amico Ryans, the likes of Michael Kendricks, the most intimidating players at quarterback were the quarterbacks that could run and pass. Mm -hmm. The offenses that were versatile enough due to the quarterback being able to run and pass that they would threaten you the most. The Cam Newtons of the world, the Colin Kaepernicks of the world, those were the hardest to scheme against. Daniel Jones has that ability. Not saying that he's Cam Newton, obviously not. I don't see a unanimous MVP in his future necessarily. But the fact that he's third at the quarterback position in rushing guards this season, let's put respect on his name. The fact that he went out there and was throwing dimes. He has legitimately earned the nickname Danny Dimes. Nice. So, in watching that game, Daniel Jones, I feel like a whole bunch of people owe you an apology. I will apologize for not criticizing you because I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> so, I'll apologize for that. I didn't even talk about you enough to criticize you. But now that I am speaking of you, I'm going to put some respect on your name. That's it was real. incredibly That's impressive. Real. But, Joy, how impressive was a Giants victory to you? Yeah, it was very impressive. Day Bowl's coach of the year. I think we can should be we can yeah, safely be. write that and he, he should be absolutely but even if he's not he's he's shown what an incredible coach he is in his rookie season as a head coach this is remarkable keep in mind we tend to give the Giants a little bit of a pass because they're such a big brands and we have these memories of them of glory but they've been pretty dysfunctional and very bad for a while now yep. They've been going through coaches, going through quarterbacks, not being able to overcome injuries. It's, it's been a bad situation in New York for a while. So for him to come in and turn it around, it doesn't feel that dramatic. Like, it doesn't feel like a Jacksonville or something like that. But it really it, – it's been pretty bad there for a while. So he, he deserves all the credit for that. And Daniel Jones – with Brian Dable has had a, a, really his emergence. I can't even say a reemergence because now we're seeing what he's capable of when he's in a stable situation. And what the most important thing that Dable has done is establish a culture. That's important. When you have a situation where there's constant turnover, there's questions about if you have the right people in the building, you really don't have any identity whatsoever. To come in and do what Dable's done is so impressive. Now, I understand none of us really trusted the Vikings, but the Vikings should have won this game at home. So for the Giants to go and win this game, to look the way that they did, for Danny to look the way that he has, and this, the overall improvement throughout the season that Dable's been able to create for them in their offense, it's, it's remarkable, really. It's, it's, it's incredible. To your point, Joy, I thought about this. Speaking about what a mess the Giants have been since 2016, this is Daniel Jones' fourth year in the league. You could argue this is his first true winner-go-home game. Really. Like, I mean, at the end of the 2020 season, they had a chance to make the playoffs with a losing record because the NFC East was that sorry. I think that's a little bit different. This is, this is his first opportunity at, at, at this in a big moment. 
he played incredible. Like it's it's funny to think, and we I mean, like we said on Friday, this was an even matchup, but they didn't play like an underdog. Like they took it to the Vikings from the get. And you talk about, I mean, how highly do you think of Daniel Jones? Think of this. They didn't pick up his option. Saquon Barkley is also slated for free agency. You could very easily wind up in a situation where you have to consider tagging Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. That's a $45 million price tag. I mean, we can get into that. That's an off-season conversation. But that's the type of money you have to be thinking about allocating to this guy if you want him to quarterback your team. And if you see him play like that in the playoffs, there are going to be some other teams that would probably be, be interested in talking to him too. So, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough about how impressive he was and how impressive that win was for the Giants. 2-5, how impressive to you? That, that was a great win. It really was. Dayball is doing a phenomenal job. I, coach, I played with him uh, in Buffalo, and uh, everything he's did in Buffalo with Josh Allen, that offense, he's doing the same thing with the Giants. Like, let's not forget, the Giants was a bad team Very for a bad. while. Yes, sir. Right? And, and you knew they were losing. The Giants are going to schedule bet against them. And I think that if you even watching Daniel Jones out there, or Danny Dines, I should give him, he lighting it up, taking the short passes, the gimmies, throwing the deep, throwing in the hole. He was balling out. So I love what the Giants are doing. I, they got a shot, man. Like, like even people say, like, oh, the Vikings, they were up and down this year. No, that's a, that's a big win. The people don't know the Vikings have the best home field um, um, record. record in the league. So that was a great win. Great, great win. They do play my Eagles next, though. What that mean? How you feel about that? That's going to be a good game. You feel, you feel a little I, more scared than you did, like, a week ago. Yeah, yeah, because, like, a team with confidence, yeah. right? And they play the, the underdog role. Oh, we're the underdogs. We're not going to sh- have a shot. Nobody wants us to win. You play that, and then the players, they get riled up. So, yeah, it'll be a good game for sure. Well, coming up, what was a great game was that Saturday game, Chargers and the Jags. A historical, and I mean historical, collapse by the Chargers. Get the tissues. Should their head coach be fired? Justin Herbert, what is there to say about him? Do not go anywhere. We are just getting started. Speak. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Chargers were up 27 to nil on the Jags. We thought the game was over. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for the Jags, got picked off one, two, three. Count them up four times all in the first half. But come the second half, the whole flip was script. Chargers only scored three points in one of the most epic collapses in NFL history. And this is not me overstating it. This is not hyperbole. It was that chaotic. So many thoughts, Joy, have been ushered about this game. Who do you blame is the main thought. I have my own. I want to hear yours first. Uh, who do you blame for the Chargers collapse? I mean, you, you, you got to blame Justin Herbert. You do. You can't blame the defense. I don't want to hear about the second half. If the defense provides you five turnovers and you get the ball on the Jacksonville 18, you're 39, Jacksonville 16, your 32-yard line and the Jacksonville six-yard line, I don't, I, I don't want to hear about the defense. You had to score one, one touchdown in the second half and you'd have won the game. That was bad. Score one touchdown in the second half. You should be able to do that. So I, don't, I really don't want to hear about Staley either. He's a defensive coach. The defense was, was great. 
Uh, yes, they weren't as good as they were in the first half. They weren't generational and historical in the second half. They didn't need to be. All you had to do was an offensive score one touchdown, and they couldn't get it done. I, I know everyone wants to run to the excuses. This doesn't mean that Justin Herbert isn't still talented. It doesn't mean that his career is over. But it is the third largest collapse in the, in the history of the playoffs. Yep. Yep. And you have to take accountability the way that anyone else would. If this was Dak, ooh, child. It would, I, I mean, whoo, I, it would be like, it would, it would be mind. Game of Thrones, be... the shame walk if this was Dak Prescott. If this was anybody else other than maybe Brock Purdy. I think we'd give Brock Purdy. <laughs> Brock anyone else, it, 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 this is what it would be. So you can't get all the praise and, and all the excuses and then have a collapse like this, especially when all you had to do was score one touchdown in the second half. Let me tell you who I don't blame for the Chargers collapse. Like Joy said, I don't blame the defense. And if you blame the defense, I pray that you study a little bit more ball. Let me tell you why I don't blame the defense. Five turnovers. No team has ever forced five turnovers in a playoff game and lost. That's the first thing. So let's put this in context. Only once. Out of 276 NFL games played this season were five turnovers forced. One time. The Chargers did something historical this season. One time in 276 outings. To put that in perspective from an offensive train of thought, only once did an offense score 54 points this season. The Cowboys did that. They won. The high for touchdown passes thrown in a game was 2 with 6. He won. The high for rushing yards in a game was 338. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, they won. If you do something that hasn't been done all season, and it is the high of something that is productive, you should win the game. Furthermore, but the Chargers allowed 31 points. You realize the average points per game allowed in the playoffs first round was 29? So the Chargers gave up two more points than the average in wildcard weekend, but forced five turnovers, and y'all want to fix your lips to blame the defense? Okay, now the question is, well, why did the defense get so soft in the second half? Because you got a 20-point lead. Defensive strategy 101. When you are winning, don't give up anything <clears throat> quick. First drive, Jags, second half, 18 plays, if I'm not mistaken, or 89 yards, excuse me. It took them seven minutes. <laughs> Snaps. That's exactly what you want to do as a defense. Now, can't give up the big play in the second drive. Zay Jones can't allow it to happen. But I will not blame the Chargers defense for the collapse. Five turnovers. If I would have told you before the game, hey, you'll give up 31 points, but you'll force five turnovers, you would take that deal every single time. Dave Hellman, where do you stand? Who do you blame for the collapse? I mean, when you give up this big of a lead, there's a million people you can lay in on, right? But they're all involved in the offensive side of the ball. Justin Herbert has to take some blame. That's totally fair. He's the quarterback. But Justin Herbert isn't going anywhere, right? Like, Justin Herbert's going to get paid by the Los Angeles Chargers. There's no doubt in my mind about that. If I was looking for somebody else, it would be the offensive staff. Offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. I mean, the way the, Cow the, way the Chargers called this game after halftime is malpractice. I mean, eight rushing attempts with a 20-point lead. And I don't even care how much it is or isn't working. Yeah, they averaged around three yards a carry. It wasn't good. But to your point about the defense playing soft and not giving up anything quick, bleed clock. So many incompletions in the second half of this game. So many opportunities where the Jags are getting back on the field after a four- or seven-play possession and the Chargers only burned 90 seconds of game clock. That's inexcusable. How about I picked this up from the credit to the Athletic for a wonderful story. The, the end around that they ran that turned into a fumble, you run that in a crucial pivot point of the game on third and short, and you run it with a guy who replaced the injured receiver who normally runs it. So the undrafted receiver right. who bungled that is a guy that's not normally in that situation. That's just, come on, man. That yeah. is poor situational thinking. 
too many incompletions, or even look, if you're if you're not running the ball well, you have the best receiving running back in the NFL. Yeah. Manufacture swing passes, screen passes, whatever you have to do to keep the ball inbounds and moving to run the clock. That's who I blame because that's really what it comes down to. Justin Herbert, he didn't play a bad game. He wasn't great, but you know, there's no there's no interception or fumble that you can point to like this is why. And so when you slowly give up a 20 point lead over the course of 30 minutes, the offensive strategy. I'll throw one more in. Brandon Staley, not all his fault. Fourth down decision making. Maybe go for one of those field goal attempts, my guy. You were supposed to be so aggressive. That was your reputation. Sure didn't look like it in the biggest game of your career to this point. We'll get to Staley momentarily because many people are calling for his head as a head coach for the team. Shady, talk to me about the game. Who you blame? Yeah, I'm going to go more with the offense, right? A lot of stuff with Dave said. Like, you only had eight attempts rushing in the second half. And even, like, you had one – Austin Eckler is probably one of the most all-purpose backs we've seen the last – five, six, seven years. So even if the running game is not working, it's small things. You got to read um, um, option, option route passes, something simple, five-yard r- routes, um, um, swing passes, screens, anything to get them out there. Like nowadays with the RPOs, that's like a, a extended run mm-hmm. with, with some of the passes. But also the defense, I mean, they did Don't have do five. Don't do I'm that, Shady. I swear, I swear they if had you five, do that. They had five straight scoring scores, like straight. Like you, you can't make that up. So I give more of, of, of the blame to the offense. And then look at the offensive pieces you got. Like, like y'all don't want to play the quarterback, but come on. It's the quarterback's, it's a quarterback's game. Herbert got to complete some of them passes. We need some first downs. We going to our main guy. You got wide receivers. They, they, they out there. You got some players. So, yeah, I just as an offense, you can't score three points in the second half in the playoffs on the road. On the road. And then the one thing about on the road, once you got a big lead, the the the, the – the, the atmosphere, the environment is down. It's low. There's no fans hollering. There's no hecklers out there. You can make any call you want to really make. Point. So I, I just don't like how, how they really managed the, the, the second half offensively. Even though the defense did give up five straight scores. The defense also scored five scores, straight five, scores. Five turnovers. And one I'm half. Get our, I'm, not I'm, just saying, right I'm not going to argue You're a defensive guy. guy. I am a defensive but you guy. But you can't go four turnovers in the first half and then give up five straight scores in the second half. But That's, Shady, even though they did that, all the offense had to do was score one touchdown and this game's one more over. Touchdown. Yeah, I mean, but, 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 but dang, we are a team, right? We get more of the blame. No, we were Shade. a team. We in get the first more. Half no, 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 did all of the work in the first half. I gave you five. five. First of all, now, turnover doesn't count unless you score on it. I need you to score okay. on okay. it. Okay, so, so hold up. 27 points is scoring to me. Shady, That's scoring to me. They gave him to him on the 18. What, what's that 16, mean? I see, I see. I see. You could roll in. You could just do this. And play roll up, in. Look, 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 look. Playoff game. Russell Wilson. Yeah. Packers. Yeah. All the turnovers. They didn't score on there. That's why. That's why the Seahawks won that game. Okay. You remember that? Yeah. Okay. Come on. Yeah, but that's. Uh, I mean, I my game, baby. Huge choke job by <laughs> the Packers. Let's focus now on Brandon Staley because so many people have been. He got to go. Watch your mouth. Now he got to go to Frodo. Brandon Staley, firing Brandon Staley would be the most asinine decision the Chargers could make. If you were to fire Brandon Staley and replace him with a coach, call it Sean Payton. Don't call him. Somebody, somebody, don't do that. If if you were to fire Brandon Staley, if you were to fire Brandon Staley and replace him with a coach, the hope, the ideal situation for that coach would be this. I'll paint the picture. It would be second place in the division. Why? Because the Chiefs are likely going to win the division. It would be a double-digit win season because a double-digit win season in the NFL is always great. It would be going into the playoffs and maybe being up 27 to zero. Oh, wait. That just happened. Brandon Staley did what you could only hope 
a replacement for Brandon Staley would do. Second in the division, up 27-0 at half, put the offense in a phenomenal position. Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded head coach. And what did the defense do? I don't know. Had the greatest performance as it pertains to turnovers in the NFL this season. 276 games, and they forced more turnovers than any team has forced in all of those games. 276 times two was what? 552. So 552 opportunities at forcing five turnovers, and Brandon Staley did it. And y'all want to fire him? Get the heck out of here. So, first, so, so this is the thing about the defense, right? Now, you can play great all game or, or great the first half. But when we need to stop on defense, we need to stop. Like, however you want to cut it, however bad you played or offense, how bad you played or how great you played, we need to score, we need to score. The reason why Sean Payton would be great for this job, I'm going to give you the basics first of all. Your quarterback. Imagine him with Herbert, right? Maybe the Drew Brees thing all over again with just more talent. Right? I don't know if his crew will be as good as Drew, but more talented quarterback, younger, and at that time, better. At that time. Right? Then you look at Austin Eckler. Chopin stays with a, with a elusive scat type back. I won't say scat, a receiving back. Receiving back. Right? Receiving right? All purpose back. That's yeah. better words. He that's, does that's, have that's a receiving running back. And, look, and you got some pass rushers on defense. And you talked about that the Chiefs probably would be number one mm-hmm. in that division, probably. But that's the best coach to go against Andy Reid. Sean Payton? Right? I'll give you another example. Dave earlier talked about how, come on, um, um, Staley, you, you know, you're known for going for the fourth downs, fourth downs. All last year, he was big on that, right? Where's Everybody criticizing the whole uh, on the offseason. Mm-hmm. In the big moment again, what's he do? Ah, people always criticize me. Nah, I'm going to kick field goals. I'm going to take the three. A coach like Sean Payton don't care about your opinion, my opinion, his opinion, his charger rant. He don't care about that because he's a proven coach. Mm-hmm. He got respect. So I'm going to make the right call in the big moment because I got – Sean, I don't know if y'all know Sean Payne, you know, very well. I do. He a cocky dude and in a good way. He, he a good coach. Yep. So when the time is big and the lights is bright and you got to shine as a coach, he going to deliver that call because he's used to being in that position. Imagine him when that coach is staff. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, if, it, if it's Sean Payton, for sure. Yes. If it ain't Sean Payton. Ah, now we're talking. Uh, <laughs> different conversation. Uh, uh, all, that you said, all that you said is correct. If Sean Payton gets with the Chargers – is a whole is a whole new chapter. Now, mind you, this is once again like what the what the Chargers are doing, they're tricking it off. They're tricking it off now because yeah. you got you, you're gonna you, you can fire Brandon Staley and it's gonna be his third coach in four years. Correct. So you're tricking it off. We're watching you do it. So we're gonna, we're gonna pay attention to that. I'm not gonna put all of that on Justin Herbert once that starts happening. Right. That is that's on the organization. He's not a coach killer. He's t- way too talented right. to be putting that, that label. Y'all are messing this up. But wait, wait, wait. You, that's a fascinating question. I don't think Justin Herbert is a coach killer, no. but coaches can often die, figuratively speaking, because if we're not looking at the quarterback, right, and this is what's happened after this game, right, people are like, well, the defense gave up 31 points. What about Joe Lombardi? If we're not looking at the quarterback, then, Joe, we got to find somebody to blame. And that's the problem when you think about these coach killers. Remember Matthew Stafford. He went through Schwartz, then he went through Caldwell, then he went through Patricia, then he went through Bevel. The Lions have been beckoning back for Caldwell since. Anytime there's an opening, any former Lions player, bring Caldwell, bring Caldwell, bring Caldwell. So I'm not calling Herbert a coach killer. I don't think he is. But the reason that even we're thinking about firing Staley is because it can't be Herbert's fault. It it can't be Herbert's fault. No, I'm not saying that this game wasn't (laughs) on Justin Herbert. But Brandon Staley is a defensive coach. The defense was great, in my opinion. Even if they didn't get the stop that you needed in the second half, all y'all have to do is go score a touchdown, and this is, this is a mute point. What Jacksonville had to do was nothing short of a miracle. 
So all you have to do is score a touchdown, and it was a great effort by Jacksonville, but you but messed it up, up in the first half, it and you came up, up short. short. So up short. I, I'm not saying that they shouldn't move on from Brandon Staley. I don't know that Brandon Staley has done anything to protect himself from being fired. And when you have what everyone feels is a super talented guy in Justin Herbert, which I still feel that way, even though I do think it was his fault, just like I would think it was anyone's fault who is the franchise face, and you lose a game in that type of collapse – Obviously, there's other people to blame, but we wouldn't talk about this. If it was anyone else, we would put it at the feet of the quarterback. But I don't think Brandon Staley has done anything to protect himself from being fired. You don't think (sighs) – I agree agree he hasn't done anything to protect himself. Five turnovers? Just because of the the way they lost. They lost. He's the head coach. He's the head coach. But my thing is, like, I think in a situation like this, it's important to go back – the pre like through the season like every you know this game is under such a magnifying glass it's easy to forget about everything else the chargers are here or were here i should say because of the way their defense picked up its game Correct. down the stretch down the freak thank you the way they played against miami was incredible they also their offense for all of the the credit that uh, justin herbert gets their That's offense right. has been meh right. they're 13th in scoring this year like their offense has been a problem ask a charger fan how they felt about joe lombardi before this game it has nothing to do with what they did here. Like, Charger fans have been dissatisfied all season. So that's what I think about when I'm like, I, I think Brandon Staley's a good coach. I think their defense is solid. But here's if you tweak the offense question, a little though. bit, you might be here, Here's why I, I have issue with, and I don't know why I like protecting offensive coordinators, but Shady, I have issue with blaming OCs. Because Austin Eckler, y'all saw the graphic watching the game, the most touchdowns at the, uh, uh, in, in consecutive seasons since, like, Sean Alexander and, like, LaDainian Tomlinson, like, NFL MVPs. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, not Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. He got the most passing yards in the first three seasons ever. So clearly Lombardi doing something right. Trevor Lawrence, we've, we, he's become the greatest quarterback we've ever seen because of Lombardi. Austin Eckler, the most touchdowns we've seen in like 15 years and two seasons because of Lombardi. And now we want to fire Lombardi? Somebody got to make it. Just It just does not yeah, make sense. But you me. yourself would point out that the end result hasn't looked as good as the stats would indicate. So then the question becomes, who's really at fault? Y'all noticed, I ain't blamed Justin Herbert all show. I'm going to let y'all do that. I ain't blamed him this whole show. But what I will say is we say they didn't run the ball enough. They did scream. They did. They tried to have, you know, Chargers, their extended run game yeah, is just yeah, screens, yeah, dump yeah. off, screens, dump offs. And here's the other thing, and then I know we got to go. If you would have gave Eckler 15 carries in the second half and Herbert only eight pass attempts and you lose, what y'all think we're saying? How did you take the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands? He's a $250 million quarterback, the greatest arm we've ever seen, and he only had 10 pass attempts? Come on, man. You can't win for losing. Anyway, we winning on this show. Coming up, the Bills, they found a way to get it done. Josh Allen, he had some very shaky moments. That's Shady's former teammate, and Shady going to tell us why he's not worried about the superstar quarterback. You're going to want to hear hey, about insight next on Speed. Don't go anywhere. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the NFL. The Bills were heavily favored heading into the game against the Dolphins. Nobody gave the Dolphins a chance, but late in the game, the Dolphins with four minutes could have gone down and won. Why? Because Josh Allen threw three touchdown passes, but here's the pivotal information you need to hear. He had three turnovers. The Bills still won, 
And Allen said, quote, it doesn't matter how we win, it's if we win, close quote. LaShawn McCoy, you were in Buffalo when Josh Allen was drafted. Nobody on national television can say that. You know him better than most, if not all, on TV. Bring your insight to the table. Should the Bills be worried about Josh Allen? No, nah, they shouldn't be worried. I mean, first of all, he's your best player, right? He's probably the second best quarterback in the NFL. I think um, the best thing about Josh Allen, he's a competitor. He loves to win at any cost. He likes to pressure. Um, and knowing that he's been turning the ball over, especially this last game, which they could have lost, um, and it'll been on his shoulders. It'll been his fault. Him knowing that, I'm sure this this, this game, oh, they emphasize like crazy, protect the ball, protect the ball. A good thing is having a good coach like Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott, he don't he don't hold no punches, mm-hmm. right? They'll have a team meeting, and I remember being there. If if players fumbling, players not not um, the right alignment, you know, defense ends or or, or, or linebackers setting the edge. Being accountable. Sean McDermott holds everybody accountable. They're going to have a team meeting. What's today? Monday? Monday. Yeah. So, right, Tuesday. Anyway, Tuesday, right, when they're all in there, hey, Josh Allen, you got to protect the ball, et cetera, et cetera. That's a real coach. And he's not bashing him, not trying to play him, not trying to make him look bad. But say, hey, man, look, for us to win, for us to be dominant, you're our best player. You got to protect the ball. Josh is a, he's very coachable. He wants to win, and they would do that. So, I think for sure going in this game, he will be very conscious of, of – the ball placement, protecting the ball when he's running, and also when he's throwing it. Dave, where do you stand on it? Josh Allen, you work. They're going to Dave smile. They're going to smile. Get the smile. Get the smile. There it is. It warms my heart that we're doing this topic, honestly. Because, like, I, I mean, it, it must be frustrating for Josh Allen to be the heart and soul of his offense, and we're talking about, are you worried about him? You know, how, I ain't worried about him. It, it stings when a ball clangs off your receiver's shoulder pads into the waiting arms of a DB. And that's your fault. That, that's got to sting, right? Like, that can't feel Get good. Get to the point. I'm not worried about Josh Allen as a player. I think he's one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the league. I am worried about the state of the Buffalo Bills offense because it's all Josh Allen. The Buffalo Bills' best hope for success is, Josh, go do it. <laughs> he got sacked seven times yesterday. Their running game has fits and starts. I know like they had a nice rushing touchdown, but it wasn't there for him consistently. They have Stephon Diggs, who's amazing, but by and large, Buffalo's offense is, Josh, hit that deep shot or escape from pressure by time and either scramble and throw or pick up yards with your feet. It's all got to be on him. That is, and not to say that he can't handle the pressure, but that's just a lot to put on anybody, especially when you look at what the Bills are working with outside of Stephon Diggs. You know, Cole Beasley had some nice moments yesterday, but this is a guy they signed like a month ago to come back on the practice squad. Like, there's just, there's not. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I'll sleep for a second. What? <laughs> Gabe Davis goes yeah, crazy. No, he's solid, he's solid. I'm saying, and then no. Knox is boss. I was like, oh. The- that's I let it slide. I let it slide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm slide. not saying they don't have other options. I'm finish. saying it all. It seems like it all falls on Josh. You're right. I mean, Gabe Davis's playoff. Nice. Right? It's nice. A, it's incredible the way he <laughs> just comes up with big plays in the playoffs. I'm not. I wasn't trying to say they don't have any other talent, but lately, especially with their problems on the offensive line, it just seems to me like it's either Josh make a play or this doesn't work out. And so I think the numbers bear that out. I mean, it's true. Obviously, very unfortunately, we didn't get to see the end of the Bengals game. But in the three games that they've finished, their last three games, he's thrown five picks. Do I think that's because he's a bad quarterback? No. I just think it's really, really hard to do a lot of stuff yourself. And I think that's what the Bills are asking to do. And it worries me, especially against the level of competition that's coming up. How consistently can he keep making that happen? Where are you at? Well, that's that's the question, right? This was a team not named the Dolphins, they'd have lost this game. Absolutely. You, you didn't have 
that offense out there and Mike McDaniel making some questionable decisions, they probably lose this game. But that's why this is the first round of the playoffs. Also, you know, keep in mind, I feel the same way about the Bengals-Ravens game. This might have been close because they're divisional matchups. Like, this, this Dolphins defense is still pretty good. I don't know if they're going to play that good, but they're still pretty good. And divisional games, you know, you see them a lot. It can get a little weird. You have to be at least a little bit concerned about the turnovers. It's just this is, this is what we talk about week in and week out with guys that turn the ball over consistently. Now, I won't say that he always plays like this, but Josh has these moments where he'll string together a couple games where he's just reckless with it's the ball. It's been kind of consistent yeah. this year. Yeah, it's, I think it's been consistent throughout his whole career that yeah, this is what is. he does. It's he great. gets into these little reckless modes. It doesn't matter against the Dolphins because you're an overall better team and you've, they've got a rookie quarterback out there and a rookie head coach who you know made, made some mistakes. It's going to matter if this happens next week and further on through the playoffs. So it's not that I'm worried about Josh Allen, the player, but yes, they do have to figure out a way to take better care of the ball because as the competition gets steeper and the stakes get higher, you want to protect the ball. And this was not, this was, this was a loss against any other team, not in the first round of the playoffs who has their third string rookie quarterback. Yeah, And then you talked about it, like the division games are like that because they're very tight games. Even with backup quarterbacks, right. rookies, they're going to be tough. Like, you talk about the pressures. They went z- – they, they, the, the, the Dolphins defense ran zero coverage more than any team I've ever seen. Yeah. Did you see that? Wow. So, you're going to get some hits, right? And then, and then like, I'll take that Josh Allen, though. Mm. And, and it sounds crazy to say that, right? But all the bad he's done, I'll take all that good, too. Yep, that's right. Don't forget he hit my man deep. Yeah. A, a easy bomb. He, I don't know how he dropped that. He dropped it. Right, but, but when you needed Josh most, yep. he came and delivered. So, well, real quick, the last thing is when Josh Allen, he plays sometimes, I hate it, but I love it. He plays for his competition. So, yeah, he didn't play well, right? Yep. But I ain't seen him throw no picks against Patrick Mahomes in the playoff <laughs> games. No, he, does, he does have a very short memory, which is important. Yeah. Like he's, but, he's, whoever you, but if he's playing a top dog, he's, he's going to be he, a top he's dog. He's not going to get shook about his own mistakes. He won't. Here's nope. what's fascinating to me was – the reason I'm worried, Josh Allen's vice is turnovers. We all got vices. I don't drink, I don't smoke, but if I walk by a casino, hit me. You know, like, we, all, we all got our vices. Y'all got to remember, Josh Allen, what was it, 2019 against the Texans, when he just freaked out. Like, they're going to lose and then are going to win, and Josh Allen takes, like, a 19-yard yeah. sack. Yeah. Y'all watch the play yeah, right that. ahead. Yeah. Like, he just completely freaked out. Okay, Josh Allen, you'll be okay. You'll be okay later on in the game. Wait, jo- Josh, what are you doing? Do it. Freaks yeah, out. Yeah. Next year, 2020, Colts. Josh, wait, what, what, are, you, what, what are you doing? What, what, what yeah, are you doing? Cut to this season. Can we get some good? Can we get some good in there? Well, y'all all know the we good. Know the okay. Good. But then cut the to this season. Level competition. Like, wait, Josh, what are you doing? Shady, I believe you hit the nail on the head. I think Josh Allen plays down to his level of competition. You do. I think, I think that he is so talented. When he knows he ain't got to bring it, I think subconsciously he can't convince himself to bring it. Some athletes are just like that. Some are always here. Josh is like, man, nah, y'all aren't that good. Yeah. Is it that he can't convince himself to bring it? Or, like, you know, it reminds me. Did y'all play it? Y'all played Madden at some point, right? Like, I still play Madden. You're like, oh. This is an easy game. Like, I'm chucking up these stats today. This is that a, is true. This is a stat padding game. Like, I'm trying to win yeah. MVP no, this you're right. week. Like, you're right. that, I think that time sometimes about Josh. And in the same way, like, he's built like a Mack truck. It's, it's probably hard to turn off the idea that you can make every play when, when you're 6'5", 
238 or whatever, can run like that, can throw like that. Yeah. I get it. Everybody but leans into their talent. It gets Colin them into always trouble. Says this. If you have a voice, you go sing. And that's true. If you, can play, if you can play an instrument, you want to play the instrument. Whatever your talent is, it's hard not to lean into that because you're no, you know you're that good at it. But when you're playing in, in, in situational football, when you're playing in these high-stakes games, you have to be able to shut that off and say it's not just about right. what I've had to do or Which, what I can do. It's what I need to do. Yeah. Bingo. And I think that's Tom Brady's greatest attribute. People don't realize. If Tom Brady's like, yo, I need to throw for 500 yards against the Eagles in the Super Bowl, I'll do it. Clearly it didn't work out for him. Tom Brady plays the Rams. I just need to find Gronk one time and that's the difference in the game. I'll do that. Like, Tom Brady masterfully calculates just how much do you need because that's how much I'm going to give you. And tonight we get to watch Tom Brady do the calculations in front of all of us. Cowboys, Bucks, which team are we more confident in? It's going to be the game that everybody's talking about. Whether you love them or hate them, you're going to talk about them, so you're going to want to watch us talk about it next on Speed. Come on, come on, one more time. Last been, what, seven long? This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. The Cowboys and the Bucks, they wrap up an incredibly wild, wild card weekend tonight. The whole world will be watching. Remember, Tom Brady is a perfect 7-0 versus the Bucks. Head coach Todd Bowles, 2-0 in his own right. On the other side, the Cowboys looking for their first road playoff win since 1992. They're currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Tampa, according to Fox Bet Sportsbook. Dave Hellman, I am more fascinated in what you have to say about this topic than anything you've said on television to this point. Wow. Ten years you've covered the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. You covered the Dallas Cowboys when they were in Valley Ranch. Put the pressure on them. For Frisco. You covered the Dallas Cowboys when Dak Prescott took over for Tony Romo. You covered the Dallas Cowboys when Des Bryant caught it, but he didn't catch it. Right, keep you going. You covered the Dallas Cowboys when Mike McCarthy took over for Jason Garrett. Uh, you covered the all, Dallas yeah, Cowboys yeah. since every, the beginning, and now you will cover them to hopefully not you are not Jerry the Jones' great, every great single nephew. One of them. Uh, every, every single one of them. With all of that being said, how are you more confident in the Cowboys or the Bucks tonight? I, I can see it. This is picture-perfect TV. Y'all want me to reach down and get my Stetson and <laughs> my cowboy boots? Well, guess Bring what? Bring the horse out. I lived in Dallas for 10 years. I never bought a Stetson or a pair of cowboy boots. That's not how I roll. I'm more confident in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, my God. I didn't hear it all. I am more. Look, this Atro, guy is Atro crazy. Actually, Atro actually set me up. What's up with this guy? He set me up so beautifully. He's gonna get fired. He's gonna get fired today. Did you read? Did you read the list of failures that Acho just read off? Like, why would I be confident in the Dallas Cowboys? I've lived this for a decade. I've lived them losing in the playoffs last year. With all this, it's um, it's a carbon copy. Every, are you paying attention to me? It's a carbon copy of what this we saw crazy. last year. They started out hot, then they traded wins and losses, and everybody was like, "Well, eh, they really haven't looked very good in a month, but but they'll get it right in the playoffs, right?" And they didn't. They lost. I was there for Dez caught it. Let me press he you. He didn't catch Let it. Let me press you. Press I was there. Let me press you. Not according to the Let rules. Let me press oh, you. Caught it. Remember the Cowboys though are facing the lowly, and I mean lowly this season, Tampa Bay Bucks. Last year's Niners went all the way to the NFC Championship game. They were a Jaqueski tart drop from going to the Super Bowl. That team that beat the Cowboys was worthy. 
Okay. This Bucks team is not worthy of maybe even taking the field with the Cowboys. And you telling me the okay. Cowboys can't uh, win? Are you ready? Are you ready? I've been ready. So the, there's two things that the Bucks do pretty well. They stop the run because they've got 700 pounds of defensive front. Vita Vea, Akeem Hicks, Levante David, Devin White, they stopped the run. Cowboys haven't been running the ball well for five weeks. And the one thing Tom Brady and his receivers can do is bomb away. And guess who's given up the most explosive pass plays in the league over the last five weeks? A Cowboys secondary that's been decimated by injury. Guys, I think they're going to oh. start Xavier Rhodes at cornerback tonight. Rhodes closed. Um, oh. No offense to him, but that was in 2017. He like was a he, beast. He, he was, was a beast, though. Come on beast. now. He was with the Bills recently. This is this will be his first real game time with the Cowboys. They just signed him like around Christmas. That's the type of that stuff. That means a lot of main covers then. Yes. Here's where I'm confused. Ryan but Jensen, the Pro Bowl here, center, is coming back to play in this game. But he ain't play all year though. Here's where He's I'm a Pro Bowler. I'm confused because in my notes, huh? the <laughs> Cowboys this season. You have a, have a quarterback that you like a lot. I won't say they have a better quarterback. They have a quarterback you like a lot. Cowboys have a better offensive line. Mm. Cowboys have a better – they do because the Bucks' offensive line has been decimated from day yeah. one. Okay. Cowboys yeah. have better running backs. Uh, this season, the Cowboys have a better receiver. The Cowboys have a better lockdown corner. They have a better pass rusher. Cowboys have a better head coach. Cowboys have a better defensive coordinator. And you somehow can take all of what the Cowboys have better and tell me they will be worse – it's crazy. Games aren't played in a vacuum. Like, all of that stuff sounds really good. Like, Trayvon Diggs is an amazing cornerback. Who are the other cornerbacks that have to handle either Chris Godwin or Julio Jones or Mike Evans if Trayvon doesn't shadow him? Yeah, the Cowboys have great running backs. What does it matter if Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks absolutely maul the interior of their offensive line, which they've proven not that long ago that they know how to do, by the way? I'm not saying the Cowboys can't win this game. They sound like it. They sound like it. What, like, what reason have they given me to believe? I did a whole thing, actually, and I'm surprised at Joy. I thought she would be with me here. I thought Joy would be Nobody's with me. Nobody's with you right now. Dallas Cowboys, go show me. Go do it. Like, what I did this last year. I talked myself into thinking that this was going to work out last year. I was like, well... I don't have a lot of reason to feel good that they can beat yeah, the Niners. It's a new year. A new year it's not. It's year. Where's the proof that that's true? Yo, it's a new I, year. Here's the thing. I, I agree with you. For the most part, nobody should feel confident about the Cowboys tonight. Ugh. But I, I got to do television. Do television. So, <laughs> you're going to ask me, I don't, I don't think that the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. I think they should be with everything that they have, but they're the Cowboys. But I, I think the Cowboys can beat the Bucks tonight. It's one game. They're a better team. Mm. The Cowboys are 5-3 and three against playoff teams this year. It. The Bucks are 2-4 and four against two playoff four. teams this year. Ahead, yes, the, yes you have Tom Brady. And I don't, I don't ever doubt Tom Brady. He's the nope. greatest to ever do it, 100%. But they have been inconsistent all season long. Best. They've just – and I get it. It's one game. It's not about what happened during the regular season. This yep. is new. Yep. But the Cowboys have everything they need to win this game against a, a Bucks team that is not as good as them. Not at all. I didn't say they're going to the Super Bowl. I'm oh. just saying I, I think they can win this game. That said, if they lose, I won't be surprised. I'm disappointed you, Dave. Why? I'm going to tell you this. I tell, you always told me to keep it real. This I, is the epitome of why? keeping I just, it real. I, I, I can't, man. first of all. I can't believe you would let down all them Cowboy fans. Uh, I said that. They know, was, they know better than you expect. I told you when that was playing me. bad, I, I, I was the first one to call it out. Now everybody calling it out. But anyway, you wanted to fight me. You look, you look yeah. in my eyes. I still do. You, don't you ever say anything about You've that. I'm like, oh, yeah. now you was jumping off the Cowboy bandwagon. Yeah. You jumped off the horse. Can't believe it, honestly. 
Now you with the Buccaneers, it sounds crazy. Yeah. I would never. Ever. Ever. Ever, ever. Disown my Eagles. I'm going to be flying. So we can't fly no more. Right. Yep. Totally right? clip. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm going with the Bucks. As you should. And, and it's no surprise. <laughs> you know, I do think that it's in the favor. That's my water. It's in the favor that, that, that the Cowboys should win that game. Mm-hmm. You're, you're playing a team that's not – they're not even a winning team. They're not. I'm, I'm talking about their record. They're, they're not have a winning record. They're the only no. team in the playoffs. Teams without a, hold on, hold with on. a losing record, record in the wild card round have a surprisingly good okay. record. Then it's like they've been up and down all year. So you name all these wide receivers and all that. They haven't been doing it all year. Now, the only reason why I feel more confident with, 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 the, with the Bucks. I mean, it's hard for me to go for the Cowboys, for one. For two is... I got a lot of boys over there that, I, that, that I've been talking to, mm. and they, you know, my sources? sources. You know my sources. You know my sources. Shady sources. They telling me that you know, everything we see on offense is real, <laughs> and it starts with number four. Four hasn't been getting it done. They haven't run the ball well. You know what? They haven't been going to the run. They said, mm. right? So anyway, so knowing all that, that's why I go with the Bucks, and I want the Bucks to win. I love them guys on there. Um, at, right. at this Tommy's last role run with, with the Bucks, I want to be a good one. But the, but the Cowboys are favored for a reason. On Monday night, I'm shaming just, yourself, Dave. I'm just telling I'm you, I'm done The Cowboys played a great game against Minnesota the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And since then, they've played pretty meh football. And I just don't see enough between injuries, between scheme, between any of that, between the matchups. The matchup of the matchup of Tampa's receiver core and Tom Brady against Dallas' secondary, huge mismatch. Offensive line, defense line, offensive line, defense line goes to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think I don't know if that's true. If, if real quick, I'm about to get you out. If the Cowboys if, run the ball well if, tonight, I was going to ask you this though, because you want to, you fought me or wanted to fight me over Dak. You did. You did. If Dak plays well, they win. Dak's going to need to play a fantastic game, and they can win this F- game. Fantastic. He's going to need to play great. Is good or fantastic? No, no, no. He needs to play great. He's gonna, he's like he can't turn the ball over, and he's gonna Ooh, need not one. He's gonna need to be oh, in man, his bag. I know, I know. I mean, what, is Jesus playing? <laughs> Whoa, he's so gonna give you a pick. You, That's what he do. You're making my Catch point. Catch that. Oh, oh, so close. You're God, making my point. Hey, go to the game. Gotta go. Coming up, the 49ers, uh, they just keep on rolling. 11 straight wins on to the next round. What statement did the Niners and Brock Purdy make? He is historically good for a rookie. You got to pay attention to us and this next on Speed. Bang, bang, nine again. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Niners took care of business Saturday against the Seahawks. Brock Purdy. He was not rattled in his playoff debut. There were some errant passes, but statistically four total touchdowns and the Niners' defense forced two turnovers. Now they've won 11 straight games headed into the divisional round. Ah. Y'all know I love Niners topics. I don't know why. Probably because I picked the Niners to go to the Super Bowl before the season. But, Shady, when I was watching that game, once again, I thought to myself, Yeah, what you think? The Niners are the scariest team in the NFC. 
When I watched that game, I thought to myself, Brock Purdy played bad, if you want to talk about his accuracy, and still had four touchdowns? Like, yeah. Brock Purdy did not play a great game. He's not going to go into the film room and Shanahan be like, hey, man, you played excellent. Like, he played bad as far as accuracy and still had four touchdowns and 330 passing yards. <sighs> Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, excuse me, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa did Nick Bosa things. Fred Warner, whew, beast. Uh, who else we have out there that balled? Hufunga, dog. Who didn't? Ah, great point. Um, <laughs> when I watch the Niners, I really just think they mm-hmm. on a different caliber of level. But, Joy, what statement did the Niners make to you? They are who we thought they were. Dominance continues. 11th win in a row for Kyle Shanahan. Brock Purdy, big Brock energy. You don't even need to play Brock. his best game. They're just that good. And look, I don't think Seattle laid down in that game either. Like, it was a strong first half. They're just that. They're just that good. This was really the only blowout of the weekends. The only one. Yep. So far. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So far. So far. I mean, I don't think tonight's gonna. Be I don't good. think it's gonna be a blowout. Yeah. No, this is this was very impressive. And and I I bring up the fact that it was a blowout because I think we thought there would be more of them, and that just shows you that this is playoff football, and there's a yeah. reason why these teams are here. And you don't really actually see that as much as we think you're going to see it. So for them to be able to do that against a, a well-coached team as well. Obviously, we know that the Niners have more talent top to bottom than the Seahawks. But the, the Seahawks still are a well-coached and well-prepared team. So they just did what they do and what they continue to do and what we saw them doing in the regular season, which is really what is scary to me. Because this weekend we saw teams that we think are good not really play to the potential that we thought they would play at and the way that they've looked during the regular season. And the Niners look the same. They didn't miss a beat. And you got to play a full game, which they did. So, dominant. I don't know why I'm so impressed because I, I picked the Niners to win by 16. So, it's not like I was <laughs> caught off guard. They're, I, they, they, they're, so, they're freakish. They're not even good. They're not even dominant. They're freakish. I got to pause. Why? When did you all have this realization? Because I've been are... saying the Niners are freakish, but it was like we, did, we doubted the freakishness. When no, did, no, when no, did, the, when no, did no, it set no, in? I don't think that's when, fair. When they didn't, when they didn't let, up, let up a, a touch, like the defense didn't let any team score for a four-week straight in the second, in the second half. half. But yeah. they were still only, I believe, eight and four at the time. And we were still like, they're not consistent. They're not yeah. consistent. And then the Chiefs gave them like 20-something. Yeah, the Chiefs gave them the thing. But since then... They've had some moments. The Raiders game was a little rocky, but this is the They've had part, their ups and downs, yeah. I, it's not that I didn't know that they were talented, and maybe that's what made it so impressive is they kind of played with their food for a little bit. You know, Seattle had a lead in this game. They, like, and then, and then what? Uh, Jonathan Abram twists Debo's ankle, and like, like that, all 15 of them were like, bet. Cool. <laughs> and like, it, it, I mean, we can, we can go down the list. Like, you know about CMC. You know about Debo. You know about Trent Williams and George Kittle. But the thing for me is not just the talent, but the tenacity with which all these guys play. Mm-hmm. Like Brandon Ayuk mauling people 20 yards downfield to free up Debo Samuel on a 74-yard touchdown. Trent Williams getting into space and erasing people. Bosa, your guy, Charles Amenahu, he's not even, he's not even like one of the headliners, and he's making the game-changing play. The tenacity with which all of this talent plays is absolutely <clears throat> terrifying. And, and I mean, I'm glad you said it. Like, sorry, I'm not even that impressed by what Brock Purdy did. Like, his maneuverability makes him very dangerous, and it's very fun to watch. I love his moxie. 
But Shanahan's basically like, all right, Brock, um, we're going to run crossers here, and you just he's going to be wide open. He's going to get crazy separation. Throw that little eight-yard pass, and Debo's going to do the rest. And it just works. It's so impressive. And Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably it is – they had their ups and downs. We knew they've been talented, but when all of that talent clicks into place like it did in the second half of this game, they bang, might, be the best, might be the best team in the league. Yeah, no, I got I to be honest. I got to be honest. Uh-oh. I'm going right to say it right now. The 49ers, they played the best out of any NFC team this weekend. They did. Do you know why that is? <laughs> Do y'all know why that is? Because the Eagles didn't play? Because the Eagles had the number one seed and we didn't play. We got the little guys go. You guys go ahead. Have a good time out there. Right? Get a little dirty. Oh, nice catch. Oh, nice touchdown. Because the big dogs didn't play. We had to buy. That's what the big guys do. Just like the Chiefs. Big dogs. Right? You know, we're the big guys. I do think that they made a statement of just being real dominant. And uh, one thing that they don't get credit for, their adjustments. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll got our coached. I'm going to go and say it. <clears throat> Did he? How you get smacked up like that in, in the second half? What do you mean? The, the way they made adjustments was crazy. Right? It was 17-16 going into the half. They were losing, right? Yep. Came out the second half and put a, 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 a complete smackdown. That's coaching. When you can make adjustments, even how they was defending DK, right? He started sending blitzes uh, off the edge. He started getting, getting, giving some help over top, pressing them, bailing. Like, they were doing a lot of different things. I don't know if you, you, you caught it or not, but so I just love the way they, that they did kind of um, did adjustments. And they were Brock Purdy, right? Like, the simplified offense for the Niners, that's their offensive game. They're going to run the ball, play action, throw some screens. But even that, like, they do that to perfection. That's the, other than the Jaguars, that's the most conservative offense I've seen be so successful. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't really do a lot. Let's keep it real. They don't need to. But, but, but I'm just saying, like, for you to be, as a player, right, you want, they always say play fast. Right? No thinking is play yeah. fast. So as a, as a coordinator, you want to make it simplify the offense and a game plan for the players so they can go out there and just go. That's what they do. That first run to McCaffrey for, like, what, 70 yards? That was mm-hmm. like – I mean, I could draw that up right now and just give it to a 10-year-old. He could get it. So – and not to, not to play them, but I'm just saying, like, that's what a good team is. As a coach, how can I simplify the offense in a gameplay for my team to go out there and put a smack down like they did? They made adjustments in the second half, and they were great. I just think this, man, when they play a team like the Eagles, this is what I, my, my opinion. Don't get mad at me, Acho. When they play a team like the Eagles, right, we got defenders on both sides of the cornerback. Right? I don't I don't see Debo as a route runner. I think he's don't a, need to be. I think he's an athlete. Right? He's probably right. he's probably a top three best player, correct? Four player. We're gonna we gonna man you up though, uh guy. We're gonna man you up at Mr. Athletic. We're gonna put Derek Slay on you. Yeah, we're gonna definitely gonna do. You got him the whole game, right? So if you do all these, these 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 running back plays and these trickery stuff, that might help. But how long is it gonna last for? Because the rookie played like a little rookie. He did. He played like a rookie last he did. game. He did. At home. So imagine you go on the road. You got to bring that rookie, that rookie on the road in Philadelphia, and you've been there. It gets real crazy Sunday night, playoff in the link. We're not even worried about the Giants. And, 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 and even like some of his, his passes he had, like touchdowns. Still. It was like high school. Hey, waiting for it, waiting for it. Oh, I got it. They got to be catch on the run. So, look, I, I like my chances. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. It's going to be a good game. But ain't going to be no 70-yard just runs up and down the field. Ain't going to be no just him doing all these crazy plays. Ain't none of that. You believe, they got to earn it. You believe in jinxes, right? 
Yeah, it's kind of jinxy behavior. No, no, right I'm saying, when they play a top saying. team like us, we'll see. I mean, nobody had the Seahawks even like, come on. Like, no, like no. come on. But to Joy's point, come on. We, did th- uh, we didn't actually think the game was going to be closer because I think we all predicted I, I thought it was going to be closer. I had the money by seven. Uh, I, I had some. I, had yeah, I, said I, had wild. I think I said like you said 20. 21. You said yeah, 21. Said 21. Yeah. Um, what they won by? 22? A lot. Um, the, 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 the Eagles, I think when you look at the Niners play, I just do think they're on a different level. It'll be fascinating to continue to watch them. I think they have more talent than everybody else in the NFC. I think they play with that word Dave said, tenacity. Well, the, it's the not Eagles just have to talent. beat the Giants first, which I, I think they will. But let's The Niners. No. What are you talking about? Oh, the Eagles, Eagles have to Eagles beat, beat the, the Giants. Giants who, do, who do Niners got next? Either whoever wins tonight. Whoever wins tonight. It don't matter. Get it? I'm tempted to agree with you. Yeah, it don't yeah, matter. Yeah, Niners right. rolling right yeah. now. All right, we got to transition to a little interesting college football breaking news. Jim Harbaugh, He's remember, leaving? contemplating going to the I'm NFL. The league. Well, he you. made his decision moments ago. You'll want to find out Uh-oh. where Jim Harbaugh will be coaching next. That's on speed. We must get some more money. That's how that works. Little breaking news, so we have to check in on our social life breaking news is that Jim Harbaugh, who was contemplating going to the NFL, is officially staying in Michigan. Happy oh. mission. Not really sure what that means, but he's going to continue to be a Michigan man. Dave Hellman, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, hey, there's worse places you can be than only having to worry about Ohio State and Penn State, but at the <laughs> same time, losing one game is a failure at Michigan at this point. So, I mean, I don't know if I would have done it, but there is stability there. There is stability. Yeah, I'll, give it, I'll give it to him. Is there stability there? If he keeps winning the way he's winning, he's not going to get fired. Yeah, I suppose. He didn't get fired. I mean, look, maybe, like, yeah, moving around a lot. You go back to the NFL, it doesn't work out. You got to move again. Right. Like, there, there are factors to weigh in here. But, uh, you know, congrats, Michigan. And he can probably call his salary at this point. Too. Yeah. <laughs> they, they probably paid him for this to stay down. No doubt. Probably came with a healthy NFL, We need him in the NFL, man. Come on. Ooh, I, like, I like two hardballs in the NFL. A beast. Two better than one. We got a great game tonight. Cowboys, Bucks, y'all tune into that. Rewatch the show, download the podcast. We're going to see y'all tomorrow. I love the boys, Dave.